Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open 24-7. They are serving hot, fresh food, including tots. Tots. Yeah. You know what? When I come up to Pittsburgh, I'm making you buy me tots. How about that? Oh, really? That's how this yeah. works now? Yeah. I mean, hey, we might as well. You keep talking about it. I got to have them now. I do. We have to have like 3 a.m. tots. It's totally different than having 3 p.m. tots. You're the night owl guy at 3 a.m.? Like you're up just, I got to, that would be you. Everything is a little bit better at that time of night. There's no question about that. Well, that depends. <laughs> Let's talk about someone else. Uh, potentially getting better and it might be the least likely player on the roster you would think to get better because he's the best player on the roster and that's tj watt the reigning defensive player of the year he insists moan and he did this again this week at otas that his best football is quote ahead of me and when he says that, I'm going to continue yeah. reading this. There are so many areas in which I can feel I, I can improve in the weight room, in the offseason, finding little details. I'm not satisfied. Now, that is what you would expect of a player of that caliber. But how realistic is that? Very. very. Really? You yes, think he very. can be better than what we just saw in 2021? You know why he can be better? Why? He missed two games last year and had 22 and a half sacks. And he was banged up in a lot of the games. He missed the, partial games too, remember? Come on, the year before that, remember? It was a, it was the groin, I think, before that. Recurring, uh, he's yep. Com- he's completed two full seasons of missing no games. And now that he has an extra game, I, man, I was hoping. I was, I was hoping he was able to really – um, played the 17 last year and get, you know, because they're saying, well, he had the extra game and stuff like that. I wanted him to smash that sack record, man, as far as that went. Um, is it better? Yeah, I can say this. Well, is this best ball? Yes, because I don't think some teams' offensive line play is as good as it's been, too. And that's not his fault. It's just TJ capitalizing on the fact that they got to put a focal point on those positions and 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 be better at it. Um, the other aspect of it is, too, if you look at his stat line, though, 2DK, it kind of proves that he is getting better by the year. It, like, it, it really is not. I hate being stat got it, but it backs up what you're doing. His second year in the league, 13 sacks. Uh, third year in the league, 14 and a half. And then he goes 15. And then he goes off and get 22 and a half. And I'll say this too, I think TJ gets slighted sometimes because everybody points at JJ or everybody points at Aaron Donald. Everybody points at anybody but him. And you got to say to yourself, I know Miles he's Garrett. Miles they will occasionally Garrett point to Miles bleeping Garrett over yes. TJ Watt. It's because of the specimen that he is. Miles Garrett deserves all of the, 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 the I guess, the, um, the eye tests. Sure, dunking, give him all the specimen all awards. Of that okay? Specimen awards. You know and what? People him believe and, it. Him and Bud Dupree and a couple other guys can run for specimen of the year award. Have it as their own category. You know, all of those things. And, and I'm looking at TJ though, and I remember when he came in, and everybody was like, "That's that's JJ's brother. He don't look anything like JJ." You know what I'm saying? And even there was a coach at the time. Was like, "I ain't sure about him." 
like all of those things. So that chip is never going to leave his shoulder. That idea that he's chasing behind his brother, I think it's a good thing internally, family-wise, the, the competition between one and another. And those are the reasons I think he's pushing to be better than he what, than what, it, what he actually is right now, simply because he's out to prove everybody wrong. And I do think he has a lot left in his tank if he can play the full 17 or just get completely better at all the things he does good. Now, you got to think, he's just, what, five years in? About to go into his sixth year, and he's doing these things now. I know, I know, you, it's crazy. And and so, the thing is, there is there is actually another gear to his game mm-hmm. because we're basing this well partially on health. But I'm going to throw in another variable. Go ahead. He was the defensive player of the year in the National Football League in a season in which the defensive line was getting gashed with all due respect to Cam Hayward, who was being asked to play essentially all three positions. Mm -hmm. If Alex Highsmith takes another step forward in his progress on the right side, Mm -hmm. now you're talking about for those few teams, and there are only a few teams that do it, who will gimmick something to stop TJ, you now have that taken away. It's just not an option for you. Can we bring up Miles Jack also? That you middle can, part, you can you you're that, more familiar with him than the, I am. The focal point of having him who plays with that same type of nastiness that TJ does. That's the thing I've always respected about Miles Jack. He plays that way. He is that attitude. He'll hit you and you say okay, and he'll laugh like that's him also. And I say this, I, I think Miles Jack being there and dragging, you know, what I'm saying Devin Bush along with him with 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 their play this year is going to free that up for him. It's almost like pick your poison amongst those front seven. And, and TJ playing off the right side of the offensive line, too, against right tackles, I think is going to expose a lot of teams where that position, as far as offensively, has to become more and more important. Like, size don't matter to TJ. Who you are doesn't matter to TJ. It's a matter of him versus himself on how he can get to you. His bend, as far as turning the corner, has got so much better as a player as far as his flexibility. Um, he's a student of the game. He's been that from day one. But considering that he's just now starting to get into that, what they like to call the glory years of playing in the NFL, if his body sustains, man, I could see him 25 sacks. Realistically, he could have gotten it last year, if we're being honest about it. And we can say that in hindsight, considering he got the 22 and a half. But in hindsight, like if he plays 17 against those other two teams that he missed, I think he shatters the record in a fashion that maybe Michael Parsons at some point, but it's not. He, he, he roams around differently than what TJ does. He's going to get better, and that could be scary for a very long time, and especially if Highsmith gets a whole lot better. Like, you can one-side the defense as all as you want to, keeping tight ends, but it handcuffs your t- it handcuffs your offense, too. Yeah, you ultimately still need, in addition to all this, you, you do need support for him. Derek Tuska yeah. showed yep. well in the second half of last season. I don't know that he's a number three outside linebacker yeah. in the NFL. We'll see. That would be ideal. Uh, I, I want to throw in this little nugget here. TJ just had 22 and a half sacks, as you mentioned, this past yeah. season. If he gets 18 this season, this coming season, he would join Reggie White as the only player in NFL history to have 90 in his first six seasons. Reggie, the Reverend, had 95. TJ is in some different Rare racket, air. man. He's Rare in, air. And he's 
if he does get better, uh, wow. Just, <laughs> you know? Like I said, look at look at his numbers. Like, they're insane. And not just this aspect of it, mm-hmm. too, DK. Not only is he sacking you, he's trying to rake the ball and get a fumble, too. Oh, it's it's we're, we're not even, yeah, we're talking what, about sacks here as if that's on. the thing. No, no, no. He's TFLs. He's TFLs. He's FFs. He's FRs. He's INTs. He's PDs. <laughs> he's everything yeah. across the board. Uh, he He's just a, a, a freak of nature, really is. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about football. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As promised, this second segment is going to be about football. football. Because I had no idea what we were going to talk about next. So let's extrapolate on the football subject and get into football when it feels like 95 degree temps as it has this week on the south side. Moan, it was out in the middle of those fields, out between two and three yeah. uh, this week, monitoring uh, the practice that was happening on the second field, the last of the Steelers' fields before you get to the pit ones. Yeah, And, I mean, I was dying out there. And I'm doing yeah. nothing. I'm just mm-hmm. watching. And even though it's football in shorts, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, it's something, isn't it? It's still hot okay it still gets swampy as i like to call it man as far as the way you feel about practice like um there was a picture of us floating around on social media on instagram i put it on my story not too long well uh the other day man and it was us in an ota setting and all i could think is look how tired we look Okay, this and is the looked, one of you and Ben and 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 Marquise Pouncey and Dave, and you're walking out, and there's Moan in the back looking like, oh. "Where's the ice cream?" And then <laughs> and Dave got that look on his face, like, "When is it over?" And Ben is <laughs> Ben is just chilling. It looked like yeah, it's Ben's a day fine. <laughs> He's fine. Ben's totally fine. <laughs> but there there's no substitute, man. It, it really ain't for conditioning yourself. Like, and I'm not talking about wind sprints. I'm not talking about stamina as far as um, you being able to just run and run and run. No, 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 no. I don't care how much running you've done. I don't care if it's the spring, summertime, or in camp. you got to get in football conditioning. And that's one of those things in which you got to know how to pace yourself. You got to know how to pace yourself. I was choking on most bit. You got to know how to pace yourself. You got to know how to be able to finish a practice. When do you go? When do you pull back, man? And that sounds so cliche. Like, oh, you guys not going 100% every rep. Every rep is it's not about that. It's about being able to sustain yourself throughout the, the course of a practice in which you know when to uh, water up. The coach has got to take care of you a little bit too, but it's just – being in that sun the way you are and under that equipment and under that helmet and, and with those cleats on, it's a it's a difference, man. And I wish I can explain this to people. I've been hearing and reading articles about rookies just dying in practice across the entire NFL, not dying literally, but just tired and gassed. And I'm like, that's because they don't know the pace. It's not that they're bad pros or out of shape. They just don't know the pace, man. And um, it's also after the fact I pre- practice, uh, preach this to my kids too, all the time, like water up before you go out, you know, and coach Garrett Guimon and, and, and Norwig, they, uh, they, they force that upon guys day yeah, in and day force out. is the operative term here. That's what I was yeah. going to jump in and, and say that, you know, this week at OTAs, and this is now in, in, in COVID times, 
where the water isn't distributed through a single hose the way it was in the past. Oh, there are now multiple hoses. And uh, for example, I was in one end zone when the tight ends were doing their drills. And you know what their drills are? Oh, in the heavens. Human bag. versus sled. Human <laughs> versus sled. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're a tight end and you're thinking, I mean, I also catch a football here. Can we just <laughs> catch some footballs here or are we just going to mash sleds? So they, 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 they do the sled thing. And immediately, there's a, a, a staff member yeah. uh, who's there, and these are the, the these are the, uh, the trainer, lot, student the, the, trainers, the, 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 train, the student trainers, the staff that, that are there. It's not optional. No, the, the, they roll the water cart out into the end zone. They did for these tight ends, mm-hmm. and it's let's go, let's go yeah. right now. Like it's part of the drill. It They're is. not taking any chances on hydration. No, it's football is one of those sports, man. I I know I'm a former football player, and I speak about it differently than almost any other sport, DK. But it's one of those sports, man, where you have to put on extra luggage. You have to go outside in the elements. You have to do exactly what you said you were going to do when you had on tent on playing the game. That's one of the reasons why, like, I've held my youngest kid back as far as, like, playing tackle football in, like, the fifth or sixth grade. I'm like, no, because you still think football is fun, and it's not. Like it's the one thing in which it's the one sport basketball, throw a ball out there, wood court it's air conditioning. Or if you go play outside, yeah, 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 whatever hockey, you're putting on the equipment for that, but you're inside and it's cold. I know the body control of the skates is one of the things. Baseball. Yeah. You play baseball for 40 years. Okay. And, and, but soccer is the same, same thing. Like the physicality of the sport, pushing bodies, catching balls through the air, running, cutting cleats, pads, helmets, outdoors, outdoors no matter the elements hot or cold hot or cold you have to be intent and being a true pro in those type of elements in which you brought up today is hot in pittsburgh okay or and here in tennessee it's a mindset it's 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 where that whole old mental toughness it really does come into play when we're talking about you know being good at the sport of football and I enjoy watching young guys grow better. You know, Chooks is a guy that's going to be better from that. Um, watching Najee now, you know, how they train in the offseason, where they're training in the offseason. Whether it's dry heat in Arizona, that's 112 degrees outside, or whether it's somewhere in Alabama where it's 90, but it's also humidity in like the 70s or something like that. So it's uh, it starts early and often. When we come back, a hay moan that you're absolutely not going to want to miss. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As promised and not over-promised, a really, really good Hey Moan. This one comes from Jim who asks, Hey Moan, Troy Polamalu has spoken about how special it is to be a Steeler and how the approval of past legends is the ultimate that each player should hope to achieve. As a Steeler, did you, Ramon Foster, feel that way? Did that create extra pressure or was it a source of pride? Jim ends by saying, I love your show. Oh, man. Uh, Told you. Troy hit it spot on. That's so good. Troy hit it spot on. Okay. Um, it does mean something. I've even had friends of mine bring up the fact that, man, you don't know what it means to play for one organization. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I was in a great play. Like, no, 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 no. You're a stiller for life. This is guys that played on other teams. 
These are guys that played for, you know, other historic organizations, but didn't last or didn't retire there. And to that point of having the older veterans, the older legends just give you praise or honestly talk to you, respect you, know your name. Damani Dawson, one of the first ones you're like, the money and then you look him up and you're like man goodness like this guy's a freaking legend i'll even go as current as heinz ward being able to be on the same field with him and have a good block or something like that and have him as legendary as, as he is but one of my most proudest moments was being able to be on a he wanted my number to talk to me joe green mean joe green and i having a conversation on the phone talking about certain stuff within the league or with the team that, that in happen? itself it, it was um it was uh, what was it? It may have been some union stuff or some player stuff going on. And he reached out to somebody that we both knew and just to be on the phone and have his respect of being a guy that he could go to and say, hey, we should do this or the team is this. And, you know, it was an in-depth conversation I'd rather not get into because it was, you know, the, the business of either the team and the league and just to have I would him, imagine he did most of the talking. It, uh, he did. But also meeting him <laughs> when I when I covered or, or meeting up with him when I covered the draft. And mm-hmm. I have that picture on my uh, profile where he and I smiling together and stuff like that and just – him speaking about the season we had just had, the hope he had for the Steelers and stuff like that, like letting me know that he knew who I was and I was doing my job. Because I guarantee if I was a slappy, he wouldn't have been reaching out and having that conversation. Another guy, Damani, I mean, uh, Franco Harris. You know, Marquise and I having dinner with him and just sitting back and talking. It wasn't any other thing where he wanted to go have dinner with Marquise and myself and just talk. And I was just like, it doesn't get any better than that. Like to have those type of legends that come about or Mel Blunt or Lynn Swan that walks in and you think, man, I'm an offensive lineman in this era that can't even touch what yours did. And you know me, you respect me and you have conversations with myself also. Nothing absolutely gets better than that, especially from that organization. I say nothing gets better from it. Yeah, you know, I'm being very over the top with it as far as life goes. But in the world of sports and what the Pittsburgh Steelers mean to the National Football League, to the city of Pittsburgh and to its people, you know, that's very important. There'd be people that die to have that conversation, to have the phone numbers or to have them say your name personally and not in a scorning type of way, but just in appreciation. It means a lot. So for me to have retired as a Pittsburgh Steeler to not go play for any other organization um, and, and the world of, you know, things falling right from the football gods, I wouldn't have had it any other way. There was no other organization worthy of that. And I know, of course, the Giants got their history, Cowboys, Raiders, uh, blah, blah, blah. But Pittsburgh and to get the tip of the hat from one of their legends or a few of their legends, I mean, I even go as close as Joey was a guy I watched growing up. Like, I could continue to go on and on and on. And even some of the legends I play with, Casey, Kiesel, um, Brett. You know, I mean, there's so many of them. Ace Smith, Smitty, like, Farrier, like, James Harrison. Like, James a text or will comment with each other on social media. Like, that in itself, you're part of that group. Like, I think it, it really just means more in Pittsburgh because you get that aspect of family, you get that aspect that you did the same thing and your goals were all the same. Whether we accomplished them or not, it's beautiful. You had me at Joe Green. I got to tell you, <laughs> to, to, to close out the show today, because I'm not, obviously not going to touch anything that you said there, uh, that 
a few years ago in Latrobe, and I, I saw Mr. Green up by, you know, where the, the upper uh, dorms are. Oh, up yeah. Where, up, where, yeah. Up where the media is up there. And he's outside, and I saw him there, and I thought, man, I could, I could, man, I could get an interview with Joe Green here. I could do this. I can do this. And I walk up to him, and for the first time in my career, and I mean, yeah. I'm a lifer in this business, I said, Mr. Green, I've never used Mr. Anybody before yeah. or since. And the, the man was uh, a, a perfect gentleman yep. through the entire ensuing interview. And I can honestly tell you, I don't remember a single word that yeah. he spoke as he was speaking because the whole time I was just like, this is me, Joe Green, you know, the, the, the cables, you know, what I'm saying the jumper cables to the organization as far as when it turned over is him. Yeah, oh no, or, he, 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 he created this. Or let's <laughs> yeah, Ambassador he, Rooney. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was shocked that he knew my name and I know I'm employee. No, no, no. It wasn't that like it's it's just different. It is. So to get that pat on the back, the tip of the hat, it lets you know that you are a true pro well, in that city. Jim, you uh you you uh you nailed one there. That yeah, was he did. that was one of the better hey moan questions we've ever had. Uh let's do this again tomorrow, Moan. Man, let's do it. <laughs>